Hauji Gopal ki jai. Good evening. Question tonight? Yes. You have mentioned uh, how uh, internet becomes beautiful only when it supports uh, faith. But uh, it seems it depends what kind of faith because people have done many horrible things supporting their faith with internet and justifying whatever cruelty. Right, well, obviously there are different kinds of faith, as explained in the Gita. So, uh, there's Gita and, excuse me, there's faith in Sa- Tamagun, Rajagun, Sadhvagun. Obviously, faith in a, uh, a Rajaguna conception or a Tamasic conception um, is, is not going to be, is going to be one let's say a Thomasic faith, is going to be one in which intelligence is used hmm, to um, pursue the pleasuring, if you will, of oneself, hmm, the, uh, the bliss of ignorance. Hmm. Um, and as I've often mentioned, this is not a good, the proper use of intelligence. Intelligence should not make a, an alliance with the mind and the senses um, in terms of supporting and facilitating their uh, um, uncontrolled uh, demands, if you will. But intelligence is meant to separate us from the um, oppression of the mind and senses, the animality that causes us to just do things because the senses demand it because the mind demands it. Intelligence is meant to separate, start to separate us from that. Hmm? If it doesn't, and it's used just for those sensual and mental purposes, then we just become a big animal. Hmm? Because that's what the animals are, are involved in, right? And of course, it's not ugly for them, but it's ugly for humans because they have intelligence. So, Faith and Thomasic faith is, you know, is, is supported by intellect is not going to be very beautiful or becoming. And uh, Rajasic faith is also going to be supported by intellect to pursue things and accomplish tasks and so on and so forth. Obviously, it has some application in, in relation to an active life, even in devotional service. But ultimately, faith should be not even sattvic, but but um, transcendental. As Krishna says, I mentioned I think the other night in the Bhagavatam, faith in me, that's transcendental. So this is what I'm referring to. Divine faith. We say faith, we mean divine faith. And this, that faith is different um, than belief. So belief is a function, really, of the, uh, of the intelligence and faith is something, as I'm speaking about it, transcendental faith is something that comes from beyond the material coverings, the intelligence being the upper kind of rim of material conditioning. So beyond that, it, after all, we get that from those who carry that, the sadhus, hmm? and it gives us, it qualifies us to participate in what they're about, in what they're, they're about their faith, which is, 
is uh, is bhakti. So <clears throat> faith, therefore, is something as we're speaking about it beyond intellect. Intellect is kind of a belief, if you will. Faith then is experience. The experience, however um, limited that may be, but the experience that simply and the sensibility that simply by taking shelter of Krishna, for example, um, my life would be perfect. Hmm? Um, this is the dawning, if you will, of the faith. So, and it comes from Sadhusanga. Hmm? So, then to support that faith with intellect by, for example, using intellect to study the scriptural argument about faith, surely about faith. It's, as Sridhar Maharshi used to call, planets of faith, world of faith, no doubt. There you can move freely, homeland of the heart, so to speak. So intellect that is subordinate to and uh, in the service of that kind of faith, then that is the most beautiful position for intellect to be in. Otherwise it can be very... It can be very, very ugly, if it, and that's what you're talking about. People have some Thomasic faith or whatnot, and, and intellect makes an alliance, serves that. Of course, it will, it will, it will serve our faith. That's true, regardless of the na- nature of it. So, but we're talking about sutrasattva, transcendental faith, and so when. There's a, there's means there is a very big place for intellect. We're kind of anti-intellectual, only in a in a, in a limited sense. We are anti-intellectual in that we're against the idea that the intellect itself is the final word in knowing. Hmm? Um, intellect really isn't doesn't have the capacity to apprehend in the way that faith does. Uh, intellect is more of a kind of a fence-sitting examination of possibilities and so forth. When we act hmm, in accordance with our determination, we get off the fence. Well, faith is animating, so it's really, it's really active. Hmm? Participation. Doubt is gone, so there's movement. So intellect unto itself does not have the capacity to apprehend or understand, hmm, um, to uh, examine a thing. From if you examine an apple with your intellect, you'll never know what it is, as well as if you simply taste it. Hmm. You can never know, hmm, no matter how well you've analyzed it, what an apple is by intellect in comparison to what you can know. By tasting, even if you couldn't explain what the taste was, you know, something like that. Hmm. So we're anti-intellect in terms of the idea that intellect is should be the guiding light. Hmm. You know, uh, self is self-luminous, so intellect can't uh, shed light on it. Hmm. But intellect can support us in pursuit of the illuminating scriptural argument. Hmm? 
in support of the land of faith. That's called Shastra Yukti. So you use your... Yukti means reasoning. So Kabbalah Yukti, that's another thing. So Kabbalah Yukti is a Western civilization where where philosophy and intellectually intellectual uh, pursuit is unhinged from revelation at a certain point in Western history, um, Western civilization, philosophy got disconnected from scripture. Intelligence was free to run. It uh, uh, previously was, was tied to the Western revelation, the Bible and so forth, but it broke free. And um, so now you have analytic philosophy and so forth based on findings of science and reasoning about that and so on and so forth. So it's it's this this is kewalyukti means just unbridled intellect is just going going. That will never we never arrive by intellect at a condition of fulfillment of perfect of perfection. For perfect knowing, you need a perfect method, and the intellect is an imperfect method. Therefore, one intellectual argument, the sutras say, can be upstaged by another intellectual argument, which can be upstaged by another logical argument, tarko or pratishtana. By reasoning. You never get any real standing. There's always another reasoning and another reasoning. And if you have a problem with that reasoning, then that supports the point. And if you say, well, that reasoning is also... They say, yeah, that's our point. If we reason, reasoning is infallible, imperfect. And you say, see, well, then I say your reasoning is imperfect. And we say, yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's the point. So the idea being that reason is is is, is constituted of of a uh, subtle form of matter. Hmm? Consciousness is categorically and substantially different altogether. Hmm? But um, while we uh, make this point readily, because, um, I mean, after all, uh, given particularly this drift of Western civilization where reason has become... Yeah. The, um, placed on the altar, so to speak. Hmm. Um, it's important to put it in its place. The Bhagavatam requires good reasoning to understand it, and 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 it also gives a good bashing, so to speak, to the intellect. Hmm. That by it, jnana, jnana, what is it? Jnana prayasyutapasiramandeva. Hmm. Very strong language Brahma speaks against uh, just uh, un- unbridled reasoning as a, as a way of, of knowing. It's very contradictory to, to bhakti. Bhakti's way of knowing is very um, intuitive and, um, and backward, so to speak, going. Hmm. Shudamarsh called it... Uh, the kind of positive negativity. So the negativity, if you have a negatively charged magnetic flake and you have a large positive magnet, what will happen? It will go like this, naturally, effortlessly. 
But if you have a positively charged magnetic flake and a positively charged magnet, then that flake will be pushed in another direction. So we need to position ourselves negatively. We have to get we have a positive charge. It's called Purushabhav. Hmm. When we talk about Bhav, this is the Bhav that we should spend a good amount of time talking about. What is Purushabhav? Purushabhav means the Bhava of the, the controller, the enjoyer, the, the being the center, and so forth. So this is to be happy. We're like a tiny magnetic flake, hmm? shavings of, of uh, magnetic charge. We have a positive charge. And so Krishna is actually the Purusha. There's one Purusha, pusher, sustainer, maintainer, and so forth. So if you push forward, self-asserting, then you get repelled. But if you convert to negative charge, of course, it's really our natural position. We're in an artificial position. You come to the negative charge means humility. What is the way, perfect way of knowing? It's like this. This is the perfect way of knowing. With folded hands. You might think if I had four hands or eight or some other powerful force fortifying my physical and intellectual mental capacity, I will know more and comprehensively, ultimately. Bhagavatam says, no, it's not like that. There's no competition with him, his knowing power. If he wants you to know it, you will know. Otherwise, not. So, when we move in a, in a direct, opposite direction, a negative direction, negative here means positive. We have humility, folded hands, and naturally his sympathy is drawn. So, how? Just like you have a king, a powerful king. King means he can do anything. You can say, cut his head off. If you don't cut his head off, then your head will be cut off, just like that. And this is the idea of the monarchy, the king. These examples of kings in the Bhagavatam, when they speak, they're like that. This is the idea, this is their position. That's why Mahaprabhu was not, did not want to meet the king because he personified the Purushabhav, the antithesis of spiritual life, the enjoyer, the center. Of course, Pratapurjaraj was a, was a devotee and Sarvabhauma negotiated the landscape in such a way that Mahaprabhu, he would dress like a Vaishnava rather than a king, and at a certain time he would, during the Ratha Yatra, Sarvabhauma could understand Mahaprabhu will be affected at this time in the Ratha Yatra in such a way that you can approach him, as he did as a Vaishnava, and gave him prayers to sing Tabukatam mitum tapta jivanam kaviriritam kalma sapam shabanamangalam srimanatatam bubigunantiye buridadana Hearing these songs from Gopigita Mahaprabhu rose up and said, Say more, say more, keep chanting, and embraced the king who was dressed like like an ordinary Vaishnava rather than a king. Hmm. He wasn't dressed like a Vishnava, he was dressed like a Vaishnava. Hmm. 
So Mahaprabhu embraced him, but otherwise he avoided him. When it was when there was uh, a um, Hindu a professed Hindu prime minister during Prabhupada's preaching outreach, and it was um, being arranged for him to meet with the prime minister, and the prime minister was in Bombay. Prabhupada refused to meet with him. He said he should come here. Hmm? Because he is the king, and and I am the sannyasi and a Brahmin, uh, so he um, took such a position. Now, in relation to Indira Gandhi, he didn't take that position because she didn't wasn't a, didn't claim herself to be a Hindu, and, and she didn't conduct herself in that way, in a religious way, and so forth. And so, the other side of it is when dealing with politicians. You know, you've got to be a politician. Prabhupada wanted visas for his students and so forth during her campaign. So I think he met with her. Um, but, um, so I forget his name. He said if, he's, if he professed to be Hindu, uh, he should come to the sadhu, something like that. Hmm. So Mahaprabhu refused to see the king. King in, in Bhagavata means Parushabhav. Hmm. Mm. And, and, this is the antithesis. Unless and until or to the extent to which this is removed, there's no other bhav. You can be sure of that. Therefore, Mahaprabhu recommends Trinadapisunichena, Trinadapisunichena. This is to be negatively charged. Like this, folded hands, begging. If a young... Uh, possible for the daughter of the king to to control him. The king is controlling everyone. It's possible his daughter can come and control him just by her innocence, by her meekness, by her... And he will even, even become a horse for her. And walk around on his hands and knees as possible. Hmm. So, this is the, this is the, Bhagavan has many faces for many devotees. He becomes a horse. He becomes whatever. He becomes, especially, this is Krishna. He becomes the friend. He becomes the son. Hmm. He becomes the lover. This is what Krishna means. Hmm. Krishna in particular. Krishna is not separate from love of Krishna. So, these special kinds of love of Krishna. He corresponds with that. Krishna has become the son. Brahman has become the, the, the lover. Brahman has become the friend. Hmm? And completely controlled. Hmm? Again, he, even as Bhagavan Sri Krishna, he, he tried to show forearms to Radha, we said the other night. He couldn't do it. Hmm? Yeah. So what is the power of that uh, love, that Aishvarya, that, I mean, that, that Prem? Hmm? I was speaking with the devotees at Saragraya this morning. I was making the point that uh, someone was speaking about the measure of the opulence in Vrindavan. And, it, of course, it exceeds the opulence, the majesty that Krishna uh, exhibits anywhere else. Hmm? Even though he's more majestic, overtly, more of the time in Mathura and Dwarka, and the relationships with him there take are tinged with majesty, and reverence and so forth. In Vrindavan, he actually shows more majesty. So try to understand the nature of the prem there. It's very. The example of Arjuna is good because 
Arjuna knew Ar- Krishna. He's his friend. They sat on the same bed together. He made jokes with him and criticized him, Arjuna, calling him names. Hey, Saki. Hey, Jadava. Hey. These are hmm, names. <laughs> He's calling him names, making fun of him and so forth, criticizing his lineage and, and so on. Hmm? In Vrindavan it gets worse, what they call him, his friends there. So, he had that kind of relationship, and then Krishna shows, the whole universe is inside of me. Now imagine that, you know, you've got a friend that you kick back with, and, you know, when you're together, you're just completely at ease and stuff, and all of a sudden your friend shows, the whole universe is inside of me. (laughs) So, (laughs) Arjuna was affected, obviously. Hmm? So, what is the nature of the brudge praying? That, they, that they're not affected by that. It's inconceivable. that You would not be affected by your friend doing that. Hmm? And they go, what's that? You know, that's nothing. It just passed off as some interesting aspect of my friend and the bob of the friendship never changes. It's not even slightly altered by that. Hmm? The classic example is that Krishna is lifting the Govardhan hill and the cowherd boys are putting their sticks up to help him, thinking he must need some help. So it's very extraordinary prem. This 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 prem, this is what Gaudiya Vaishnavism is about, the prem of Braj. And the way is Trinata peace in each. And if you want perfect knowledge, that is perfect knowledge, by which you become perfectly um, fulfilled perfectly happy. Knowledge has a purpose. Knowledge informs action and by action then we attain our desired goal, which is to be happy. <laughs> to put it in short, whatever, I'll get this, I'll get that, I'll have this, I'll go here or there, to be happy. So knowledge has a purpose, it informs action. So the perfect knowledge is that knowledge that informs the action by which I become perfectly happy. And this whole Brihad Bhagavatamrita uh, in the beginning shows what, what is the highest kind of happiness. Hmm? The Braj Prem, Gopi Prem. The second part shows what is the pl- where is the place where that takes place. That is Golok, that is Braj, hmm? center of Golok, Vrindavan. Hmm? And so the way to get there, you have to pass through Nishta. Trinata Pisuni Chena, Trauda Pisuni Namani Namanadina Kirtaniya Sadahari. This stage hmm, is related to intellect. Hmm. Kirtaniya Sadahari means Nishta, fixed. Hmm. Nishta is related to intellect. Therefore, Bhagavatam says about it what? Nasta Prayeshu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Seva. It takes intelligence to study the Bhagavat. Bhagavat is the natural commentary on the Vedanta Sutras. Hmm? What does the Gurda Purana say? Arto Yam Brahma Sutranam about the Bhagavatam, among other things. It is a commentary on the, on the Brahma Sutras. Brahma Sutras are very complex. They're very abstract. These two, three word aphorisms, what do they mean? And, so forth. and they're the first attempt in human society at theology 
which is to make sense out of revelation. So all the Upanishadic sounds and and so forth, this jungle, as Sridhar used to like to call it sometimes, of sound, to make sense of that and show how they're all together giving a concerted, focused uh, message. It might sound like they're saying this, they're saying that. It doesn't make it's all kind of different uh, uh, directives in different directions. So Vyasa's attempt to show it's all in concert, saying one thing and pushing us in one direction. And then, of course, there it is, the sutras, but then there are commentaries on the sutras and what that concordance means and so on. And so, on. But the, the idea of the Godias is, well, we, we, we take the Bhagavatam. This is the commentary on the sutras. And, and, it, and the sutras are the logic then, if you will. Sometimes it's referred to as... Uh, Nyaya Shastra, it's the logic of the sound of Shabda, hmm? how to make sense out of it. Hmm? So, the study of the Bhagavatam, the point is, which this verse talks about, Nasta Prayesha Bhadishun Tim Bhagavatam Seva. Nitim always study the Bhagavatam, regularly studying the Bhagavatam, means you have to use your intellect. Hmm? It's, you know, the question is asked. Why did Sukadeva Goswami study the Bhagavatam? Why did he bother? This takes exercise of intellect. He's beyond even intellect. He's a knower. Like people say, sometimes you try to give them the book and they say, oh, Swami, the truth is not in the book. They're right. The whole truth is not in the book. But of course, a good part of it is. A good orientation to the truth and so forth and the means by which you can arrive at it and so forth. So, if you don't know that, if you haven't learned that from the book, then you do need the book. But Sukadev didn't need that. He didn't need any samskar, anything, any initiation. just went to the forest. He was realized. Why did he study the Bhagavatam? And the implication is it takes, you had to use your intellect to study the Bhagavatam. You've got to learn language, for example, especially if you don't have a translation and it's a complex book, 18,000 verses. Why did he do that? Of course, the answer comes. Hmm? Such is the nature of the subject, Krishna. Hmm? It's attractive, even to those who have gone beyond intellect. Hmm? But it takes intellect hmm, to study it. So he used his intellect. Hmm? And the stage of Nishta, therefore, is very much about if you have to study the Bhagavatam, you have to use your intellect. It's like Krishna says in Gita, those who study the Gita, they worship me with their intellect. Hmm? Who study every word and every meaning possible and so forth. This is a good use of the intellect. Hmm? And um, that argument is faith, is coming from the, faith, from the land of faith, the faithful people. Hmm? They're trying to speak about the land of faith, which is their experience which is beyond language, beyond thought. Hmm? Still, it's beyond language. We say that means you cannot say enough about it. There's always something to say about it. And you'll never have completely captured, been able to be able, you'll never be able to capture it by words or by thought. Not that it shouldn't be thought about. Hmm? Not that it shouldn't be talked about. Hmm? It's the only thing that should be thought about, the only thing that should be talked about. And so there's a full application 
of one's intellect. Bhagavatam demands this and at the same time puts the intellect in its place. Hmm? So studying the Bhagavatam properly under good guidance means to use the intellect hmm, in the service of faith. So this nishta stage, hmm, interim goal, Mahaprabhu says, having arrived there, chanting, Prem will come. He said, if you don't get there, Prem's not going to come. Before that, you get there, then it will come. Hmm? So the full application of body, mind, and whatever intellect you have hmm, is required. So there's a big place for the intellect. Hmm? But we are anti intellectual in terms of the idea that intellect alone unto itself, by that we'll arrive at perfect perfect knowing. No, perfect knowing requires a perfect method. Intellect is imperfect method and the Bhagavatam, the Gita, all these are imperfect efforts even to put into words that which is ineffable, which is beyond words, beyond thought. There's a place for doing that we're trying to speak about it, think about it, articulate it, to translate the language of love into the language of logic and reason. Something will be lost in the translation. Do you understand? Something will be lost. Vyas says it himself. In my speech, something will be lost. I'm speaking I'm speaking samadhi bhasha the language of my samadhi couched in sanskrit hmm? how inadequate the sanskrit is uh, to convey what his experience was his heart hmm? so, samadhi bhasha bhasha means language language of his trance he went into trance, Samadhi-nanusmara-tadvichestitam-nard said, oh, you're qualified. Sit in Samadhi. Hmm? You're feeling dissatisfied. Sit in Samadhi and this will come. What came? Hmm? Bhagavad came. Chintibeda-beda came. It's all described there. Hmm? So he so he tried to put it in, in language. But he says, forgive me. Actually, it's Nard who says it, but it's it's the same. Yeah. That's a, there's Bhagavatam within Bhagavatam. So Nard speaks the Bhagavatam Vyas. Vyas is the history, of course, as we hear it. So Nard told him this: hmm, something will be lost hmm, in translations. Still, you should you should study it. Hmm. In other words, you cannot fully convey. That which is ineffable beyond thought through reasoning, philosophy, language. You can make a good effort. And those particular words, those particular thoughts will have some spiritual power because of the backing behind them hmm? to change the course of our life. Therefore, yasmin prati shloka mamadhavati api. One shloka can change, change your life. Hmm? The nature of the message is such even though there's a breakdown in the ability to convey it by language, there's an urgency behind it hmm, that comes through. So 
They should hear it and, 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 and overlook. It also means overlook any grammatical mistakes. So I haven't got time to cross every T and dot every I. Hmm. Now you're dying like the king. You have seven days to die. Hmm. Monday, Tuesday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. One of them you will die like Raj Parikshit was told. He has seven days to live. We have seven days to live. That's the message. Hmm? Seven days. What will we do about that? Hmm? <laughs> With what kind of urgency did Parikshit Marsh listen here the Bhagavatam? Hmm? With such forbearance, he shows this example of outer expression of bhav. Hmm? Forbearance. He was foregoing fasting for seven days to hear the Bhagavatam without getting tired. What kind of uh, attentive listening? Hmm? Even even the even the recitation it has to be imperfect because again it's beyond words, beyond thought. But we're speaking in the land of words and the land of thought. Still, it, it's it's perfect in its imperfection because it has perfectly capable of conveying the sense of urgency that can call us to participate in its um, in in the path that it chalks out for us. Hmm? It's not just there to you know something to think about, but the path is given a, a way to to walk. Hmm? So. You have to use your intelligence for that. Have faith in that, in Bhagavatam. Use your intelligence. Study it very carefully. That will support your faith. And help understand the implication, the far-reaching implications for different different times and different circumstances. What is the essence? What is the, the form of it? And so forth. For Nasta Praeshu Abhadreshu Nityam Bhagavatam so it's a big place for using intellect. Hmm? How much of it you'll have to use? Every bit that you have. Hmm? And if you say, I don't have much intelligence, I have a hard time studying the Bhagavatam, then, then there's two Bhagavatams. That's all right. Then you serve with your intelligence, the person Bhagavatam. Hmm? You do both. Hmm? You do both. Much as you can study, you study. But otherwise, you know, along with that, you can serve the person. It's a living Bhagavatam. But as much of the intelligence you have, you use that, apply that. So that becomes beautiful then. This is descending. This uh, revelation is descending. We have faith that by, by descending knowledge, comprehensive knowing can be attained. If, if the, if the uh, intellect, universal intellect, wants us to know, then then we can know. Hmm? It's possible. How will the Marsh gave the example, how can the finite know the infinite? It's mathematically it's impossible. How can the finite know the infinite? Hmm? What is the answer? The infinite has infinite power. So it can enable the finite to do what is finitely impossible because it's infinite. So if the infinite wants the finite to know, then the finite can know hmm? out of its infinite capacity. So from that side, 
if Krishna wants us to know, then, then we can know. Otherwise, we have no hope. Hmm? Therefore, again, we try to cultivate the positive negativity, the humility. Hmm? Hmm? Use your head to soften your heart, make your heart humble. Hmm? That's a good use of intelligence. Not that you just get a fat head and you may get... You may be very bright, then you take birth with four heads as Brahma. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Still, Brahma had to put all four heads mm-hmm. down. Yeah, it's harder. <laughs> Might as well do it now. You only have one head. Hmm? And, oh, on the way. The Christian looked at them like, you're weird. Then <laughs> the Brahma would go on the guy with four heads. He must be troubled. So much intelligence. What a problem that is. Hmm. Burden. Hmm. So, now you have one head. You just have to put one head down. Use your head to soften your heart, to make it humble, cultivate this uh, positive negativity. Hmm. So, the, the perfect way of knowing is required for perfect knowledge. So this is the perfect way. Perfect way means that the perfect perfection will make itself known to imperfection. Hmm? Then it's possible. So it's descending. Jnana prayasura pasinamanteva. Bhagavatam says, hatefully rejecting this aggressive self, self-effort for knowing. We make an effort to get mercy. That's our effort. Hmm? Because we know. Only by mercy we will know. We will, we will go. It's a whole Iraq bhakti. It's all dependent upon mercy. Hmm. Uh, so, it's very, it's very peculiar in comparison to how we're used to moving. We're thinking that by, th- by thinking, I will know. No. Hmm. How you? <laughs> by acquiring, my position will be better. That's to move in the opposite direction. You see how bhakti mandates this more than yoga. All these positions is very effort-based. It's a gentle effort. So, sattvic, so, but still, it's not like this. Help! This is our asana. Help! That's our asana. <laughs> Help us on. Very, and then Gyan, again, very different. It's very self asserting. And and it's very um, um, opposed to action. Knowledge is opposed to action. The whole idea in the Gyanvarg is that, that if you have knowledge, then why move? Right? You should be detached. If you have knowledge as to the impermanence of all things, why move in relation to them in pursuit of anything? Hmm? Nothing enduring will come from that. Non-enduring knowing or happiness, suffering will come from that. So Gyan promotes... Um, Inaction. The more education you have, to give an example, the harder, the less hard you have to work physically. 
right? Get a better education, you can sit behind a desk, you don't have to move around, carry things and so forth, and make more money. So gyan is, is, is kind of the, the polar opposite of action, karma. But in bhakti, it requires some action. So you see, the effort in gyan is an effort to stop moving, sit, and be peaceful. But bhakti, there is a kind of peace in bhakti, but it's 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 very active. It's it's the it's the it's a different kind of peace. It's an exciting kind of peace that you find in uh, in in love. Hmm? Peace at heart. I found my love. And what will happen next? I don't know, but <laughs> but uh, it's, it feels good, and so I'm ready for anything. Something like that. Oh, no, no, Gyan's not like that. I just want to sit peacefully. Hmm? So that sangskar for for Gyan this will not help us with bhakti. It's so much effort based. Hmm? Lose my head. Just to stop the samsara. Stop the world from going round and get off. To get off the what do they call that? Merry go round. It's not mer- merry. The unmerry go round. Hmm. <laughs> get off. Stop. But Bhagavatam is what the gopis say. In, in Kurukshetra. They say, what is that verse? Hmm. Anyway, we are not big jnanis. Hmm. We're not big yogis. We can't do that. We, cannot, we don't have the resources to be big karmis and make big sacrifices. We want, we are immersed in samsara and we want you and in the samsara with us. <laughs> we want you, we want to be family members. We want to marry you. That's, that's samsara. That's their idea. So it's very peculiar. It's not concerned with liberation. Just concerned being with Krishna. Loving him. Don't care for anything else. So, so the way in bhakti, you see, you want some scar for that, tendency for that. Hmm? Not gyan. Not yoga. That was our transcendental past. That, that was some scar. will not help you for bhakti. Hmm? Peace seekers, power seekers. There's some kind of peace and power in love, and it's very peculiar. So, so this way we proper use of intelligence to support that kind of faith, faith that by by if if God wants us to know, we can know. Otherwise, it's not possible. So, we want Him to want us to know. So how we position ourselves in such a way that he may find reason to 
to grace us, just like the king. He put off the put off the battle for his daughter, charmed by her innocence and necessity and meekness. This is Krishna you're trying to get the attention of, right? So, how you will do that by any force, by any power? If there's a very powerful person and you want to get his attention, someone who has more power than him will get his attention. Oh, that other king, he bought a big such and such over there, big palace. He took over that kingdom. Oh, well, he's got my attention, so I have to also get going and do something, something like that. Rich people are, you know, whoever has the best art or... But, oh, that's how they spend their money. So, how you, Krishna is unlimitedly rich. He said, Aishvarya Purna. What do we do to attract his attention? What what type of display of power, knowledge could possibly get his attention? I mean, he has everything. And everything means Lakshmi, Sahasrata, Sambrama, Sevimano. He doesn't have one Lakshmi like Narayan. But and not only does he have many Lakshmis, but Lakshmi Sahasrasata Sambrama Sevyamano, they have a certain attitude, very different from Lakshmi. Hmm? Lakshmi has her particulars. There are certain things she will do, and certain things she will not do. Hmm? Gopis aren't like that. <laughs> no. They have no particulars. Their particulars are his particulars, that is Samartarati. Hmm? Their individual particulars are one with his, that he wants, that that they will do. Hmm. He's gone. He's, so how you get his attention? Hmm? Prema Mai, this is one of his qualities, surrounded by such devotees. Hmm. And that Prema Mai is such, so powerful, as we said earlier, that his, his own power which is extraordinary, hmm, is suppressed by that. It's bad enough if he had the power, how you will get his attention. Now he's, he's surrounded by frame that suppresses the power, makes it look small. How will you get his attention? You have no hope. Hmm. Any, by any outward kind of pushing Effort on our part. Make effort to go in a backwards way. Hmm? To be humble. Hmm? To be needy. Hmm? To be a beggar. Hmm? Chaitanya Dev came as a beggar. He's showing the way. Hmm? How you will attain that? You have to become a beggar. A beggar is the lowest person on it. In a, there is. He doesn't have anything. He's begging. You don't give, he doesn't get. Completely dependent. See the example. Krishna himself is set. He come as a beggar. Hmm? Publicly dressed as a beggar. Hmm? This is the way. How he will get. By begging. What kind of effort is that? Understand? Begging. Please help me. That should be the effort. Prabhupada was once asked about yoga by one 
person said, well, what, what is the cap of yoga? He said, our yoga, we simply say, my dear Krishna, please help me. That's yoga. That's all. <laughs> That's our yoga. This is very peculiar. Compared to the effort in yoga, how you see how self-asserting it is? And gyan also, self-asserting, I don't want to, I don't want to work. I want to know, the power of knowing, I'll go there. Hmm. would speak of karma, but that's no currency whatsoever. Hmm. Unless it's nishkam. Hmm. It's all bhakti, very, very, very peculiar, very different. And as a result, you can see the, re- the result will be different. Hmm. You will actually be able to, to capture, captivate, capture, and overwhelm that person who himself is overwhelmed by brain. Brain will come. Hmm. That's an inconceivable uh, idea. Hmm. So this is our effort. This is so we have. There's a place for intellect hmm. support. This kind of faith. Hmm. This kind of faith, not of self-knowing, but. He wants me to know, I'll know, that I'm completely dependent. Let me do the things that I see that others who have his grace, they do. How they conduct themselves. I'll follow them, imitate them. I'll dress like them. That's sadhana bhakti. It's imitative. I'll dress like them. I'll move like them. I'll do that. You'll get his attention. That is sadhana bhakti. <laughs> it's imitative bhakti. It lacks the emotive component. We give our emotions, our own emotions, we give ourselves in bhakti, but for bhakti to manifest spiritual emotion in us, for Krishna, that is the perfection of sadhana bhakti. Meanwhile, we go through the motions, follow what those people do who have love for him. Use your intelligence like that. <laughs> Use your intelligence to become small. One fellow once wrote me that he had accomplished this, that, and the other thing, and so forth. I wrote him back and said, it's very impressive, your accomplishments. I'm still trying to. Um, you've really become somebody. I'm still trying to realize that I'm nobody. <laughs> that was my, my response. I'm having a hard time. Realize I'm nobody. That's to be somebody. He is everything. He is everything. We are living members of the dream of God. You are you are in the dream of God. What is your position? What is the position of the characters in your dream? You understand? You are in the dream of God. What is your position? How dependent you are. Hmm. And it's a good dream, but you want to turn it into a nightmare by thinking, it's my dream. <laughs> He's gone, oh boy. <laughs> that is a, I think I'll just turn off the dreams, go into Sushupti for a while, deep sleep, wake up, try again. <sighs> then the world comes.
It's a dream of it's a dream of Vishnu. Living inside the dream of God. What is our independent position? Still we act. We hear these things. We have to hear this kind of scriptural understanding. You have to get faith in this. Hmm? This is faith in bhakti. Faith in the way. Hmm? And support with your intellect. How I can become a beggar. <laughs> mm. Not how I can become this, that, the other thing. How I become a beggar. Hmm? How I can become, understand how my neediness, how much need I have, how much necessity I have, how dependent I am. Hmm? Obviously, this is the entire complete antithesis of material life. It's very radical. It's a very comprehensive spiritual approach. You can see how gyan yoga, they don't go there in the same way. They don't correct and reverse the purusha bhav. Hmm. They may reduce the purusha bhav with a little bhakti, it may end, but this is complete reverse out. So you're going to get another bhav is the point. You're not going to get another bhav by jnana and by yoga. Hmm. Maybe you can get shanta bhav. Hmm. Even that requires, you know, obviously it requires some bhakti. Hmm. But only by bhakti hmm, you can get this kind of real reverse out of the Purusha Bhav. And then how comprehensive of a solution is that? If the whole problem is the Purusha Bhav, one thing is to stop it. Another thing is to completely replace it with another positive Bhav. That is, that is, and, and, and it's very peculiar because all of these positive Bhavs, Vatsalya Bhav, Sakya Bhav, Madhurasa, and so forth, they look as if they're pushing. Mother is sort of saying, get over here, sit down. Don't do that again. Hmm? Yeah. Coward boys saying, come on, let's go. What are you, where are you going? Hmm? And feeding Krishna and wrestling. And so Radharani is saying, don't let him in here. And his and her maidservants about guarding the door. Get out of here, you black snake. Black snake. Hmm? <laughs> so it looks like they've got Purusha Bhav. <laughs> it looks just the opposite. Hmm? But to understand it properly what it is arising out of. Hmm? The end of Purusha Bhav, completely. So that's why it's also Nasta Prasha Bhaddeshu, Nityam Bhagavad Seva. You have to study very carefully to understand what's going on there. Hmm? What is that? Hmm? From the yogic point of view, from the Gyan point of view, it looks like they've got some Purusha Bhav. Gopis, cowherds. Hmm? Worldliness in them. This Sukadev is such a such a paradigmatic figure in the Bhagavatam. He became attracted to that. He had no Purusha Bhav. He became attracted to that. So something about how, how use your intelligence to be, how to become a beggar. Everybody else using intelligence, just to, just to get the opposite of that. Hmm. Right? That the intelligence will fend for me. Hmm. 
we're using an intelligence that we to, 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 because in a way that in which we are um, um, kind of hammering this point home as to its limitations. All right, what's the time? All right, we stop there. Sri Bhakti Devi Ki Jai. Siddhaji Gopal Ki Jai. Gauri Vashtra Guru Parampara Ki Jai. Gaur Bhakta Brinda Ki Jai. Gaur Premanande.